about 70% of the customer's journey is done before they ever reach out to the company. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. Today we have Danny Green from Green Media. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. Tell us. Um, I know you're um, one of our producers for the podcast. Yep. How did you come up with that idea? I know you helped John a lot mm. with it. Yeah, so the whole media company, I'll tell you how I got into it. And so... I was um, in sales and marketing for the last uh, five years or so and doing a lot of a variety of industries. I was in commercial cleaning. I was in uh, actually restaurants before that. And then I got into selling food into different CrossFit gyms. And when COVID hit, that uh, closed down all the gyms, eliminated my role. And uh, and it was like, all right, well, let's see. Um, Let's see what I can do here. And so I've always had a goal to start my own business. And when that happened, it's like, well, this is, let's make, um, let's turn the, these lemons into lemonade. And so I got this uh, space and time to kind of explore. And I had this drone and um, I was like, let's, uh, let's go play around with the drone. And there's got to be a way to make money with the drone. So I started calling around to different realtors and business owners and just offering my services for very cheap, I was just looking for experience and just kind of testing to see if this is even something I wanted to do, and um, and that kind of just it, it it caught fire to be honest, and uh, people really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I finally found my passion. I've been looking for my, like what my passion is for probably like a decade plus now. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, Lord, I finally found it. This is it. Yeah. I, I love telling stories, and um, so the. The video podcast came about because um, I've been in podcasting. I was in a, I was the DJ radio host in college. I've always liked audio. I've always loved music, and I've always been curious. And so the po- I had my own podcast for a couple years, and that opened a lot of doors for me. And so um, with COVID, the remote kind of um, zoom interview podcast that became a bigger thing and there's so many podcasts out there these days that the best way to differentiate is to add some video and so you get these clips and so um, I started doing it myself and my podcast grew quite a bit because of the video clips and I don't really know when it happened but there was kind of this uh, this moment where my passion for podcasting and my newfound passion for video came together and I was like, well, I can offer these services to other people. And um, podcasting is such a beautiful uh, medium because it's, it's so it's just a long form conversation that you can really get to know somebody and you can't really hide who you are on a podcast, whether it's a company, whether it's a person. Um, yeah, it's just great for building trust with the audience. How do you think that trust is built? I know you said, yeah. um, you know, being authentic, but what are other ways? I think the trust is built because there's a lot of people, um, there's kind of two frames of mind when it comes to business. Some people say like business is all about secrets. It's all about, I have my secrets. I know how to do something. And because I know how to do it better than you, I get the business. And that's a very old school approach. 
because now we're in the information age and everybody's opened up. I mean, maybe not like there's probably a couple trade secrets like Coca-Cola's recipe and stuff like that that probably won't ever be disclosed. But for the most part, you can figure out how to do anything these days. And so the trust is built when you tell people how you do something, when you show people um, your process, when you show people really the inner workings of your business. And um, it's not this whole kind of like Wizard of Oz behind the curtain type thing. It's like, here, this is how I do it. you you vet it yourself so many people go online and do all their own research these days before about 70 percent of the customer's journey is done before they ever reach out to the company all the research so um yeah it's like do you want your competitor or some random piece of information informing that customer or do you want to inform your potential customer what would you like to inform your potential customers? Um, for myself, my potential customers, you know, I think one of the things that is important with um, partnering with somebody is that it, it is a partnership. It's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a um, because the money is flowing in one direction means that one party has all the power. To me... Um, it's a double, like the best partnerships are a double thank you. Like there's a service that somebody provides and this, there's a service or product that somebody needs. And when those two come together, both parties are happy to um, exchange that, make that deal. And so really like with time being our most valuable asset, like if I choose to partner with somebody I'm in a sense being very generous with my time because that's my life. And so, I mean, this is kind of like high level, but that's, that's the way I think about it. So even if there's somebody that has a lot of money that wants to pay me a lot, but they're a bad person, I wouldn't do business with them because I don't want to partner with people like that. So I guess the way I, um, you know, when I put out my own podcast or put out my own content to attract customers, I want people to know, like kind of get a feel for my principles and my character and, um, and they can self-select if that's something they want to, you know, potentially work with. I want to go back to um, you finding your passion. I know sometimes um, people earlier in their life or career, they find their passion or it can take years. At what moment did you have that aha moment where you're like, this is actually my passion? I know you said you mm. really like doing it and stuff, but what other factors were there? Yeah. Well, I'll say, yeah, so it took about a decade. And I, I graduated college with an ops management degree. I was Which in a, obviously helped your business. Right? For sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fantastic. Like, I, I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't my passion. And, um, and so for... A long time I was testing and trying a lot of different things um, I've worked I, I made a list about all the different types of odd jobs and positions I've held it's 20 plus over the past decade <laughs> <laughs> so it's not great for the resume it's like why can't you hold down a steady job um, but I, um, the way I found it was I guess one 
taking a very um I learned humility as as if I think a lot of people won't try new things and find their passion because at first most people are terrible at everything and it's pretty embarrassing when you're terrible at something and um so that uh, requires a sense of humility to keep going with it and then but you also have to have some sort of confidence that you know that you can get better if you stick with it. And um, so as far as an aha moment, I don't, I don't know necessarily if there was like, well, I guess there was one. Um, when the pandemic hit, I had a, a history in commercial cleaning and um, I'd done sales and marketing and worn a lot of different hats in that it was kind of a family business. So I, I, I had a lot of roles and I had um, an LLC of my own already in a commercial cleaning business. And I hadn't gotten any customers or really started anything. I was just building out the website and kind of building out the business plan. I was walking to the lake one day and I thought, um, I thought the way I'm going to differentiate my commercial cleaning from the thousands of others is I'm going to have better marketing. I'm going to have like just uh, marketing that people can trust because the cleaning business is all about trust. I mean, people are coming in after hours, working about, uh, you know, walking and having access to a lot of information and you need trust there. So I was like, I'm going to build trust with my audience by putting out awesome content. And uh, the thing is, is I was making like videos and um, and like, you know, designing different flyers and having a lot of fun with it but I really had no desire to start cleaning. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I was like, kind of like putting off the main, the, the main course. And then I was walking to the lake one day and I feel like it was the Holy Spirit that just like zapped me. It's like, why are you so dead set on this cleaning business? Just take this piece that you're having so much fun with and that you enjoy so much and just focus on this piece. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's what that's what I'm gonna do, okay. and just like that, it was it was done, and that was kind of difficult because I had started asking different people about, um, or like kind of advertising my cleaning business to people. I was like, hey, if you need cleaners, you know, let me know. And so, anytime you start like down a certain road and then you pivot off that road, um, people might think you're a flake or a failure or like, you, you know what I mean? Like there's just like that kind of stigma that you want to stick with something, but it's my life and I can change my mind as many times as I want. And that's how I roll. So yeah. yeah. Um, I know once we, um, we were talking about your business and you said you wanted to build legacies. Mm. Talk me through that. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Yeah, building a legacy. And I, I don't say, I don't think legacy is the most important thing. Um, because in, in some way, you know, people could misconstrue it as being a little selfish. But here's, here's, I guess, the way I approach legacy is that you and I are, we're living one of one lives. Like there, there will never be another story like yours, like mine, like anyone else in this world. People say the same story. Like people say, oh, I've heard that story before. Those are, those are like the broad arcs, the principles, but life is nuance. And, um, and so there's so many very specific, unique lessons that we've all learned through our journeys that I think it's a shame that they just evaporate 
without documentation or if somebody passes away. Um, there's just so much wisdom that could be harnessed and help progress society if people um, took the time and had the courage to be vulnerable and document their thoughts and share it with the world. And so I, I view myself kind of as a Sherpa in the sense that I want to come along somebody and, um, and guide them as to how they can appropriately and effectively and artistically share some of their stories and some of the lessons they've learned. And it just so happens right now I'm doing that in the business world and, um, and I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, I think that's why legacy is important because it's a differentiator to just like from a, business, a pure business standpoint, um, business is all about building trust and relationships. And when you open up yourself to somebody, um, it's just there's uh, they naturally want, you know, it's easier to connect with them. So um, I guess that answers the question. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, is that your mission statement for the company? Building legacies? Building legacies? Or in a way? Um or what I don't have your... a mission statement, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, everything, um, like my mission statement in life is based on my foundation and faith. And that's mm -hmm. love God, love people. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's my mission statement. I haven't necessarily niched down from that. Um, yeah, that's... That's all. That's all. That's what I've got so far. Does your company have a niche? My company, um, you know, I've kind of been figuring that out, and I'm still in the earlier stages of my company's life. That I think it's too early to niche down. We hear a lot about, you know, a lot of advice out there is niche down, niche down. You know, the the, the riches is in the niches. And it's like. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but um, and having very specific knowledge in a certain industry is great, but I'm kind of in the sense where I'm I'm still tasting a lot. I'm I've niched down into media production. Mm -hmm. I you know before this I was like all over the place. I thought maybe I'd be a you know a baseball player, or a rap star, or something. <laughs> so now I'm doing media production. That's my niche. Yeah. What has been your proudest moment? My proudest moment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I recently was able to hire somebody and, uh, the, the ability to like start building something bigger than myself is a, um, that was, that felt really good. I was like, and now I'm, I'm helping him, you know, I'm 40 hours a week. I'm help, I'm, I'm providing him stable income and, uh, that's been proud. Yeah, that's actually... I've heard people say that before. Mm -hmm. I was like, are they just saying that because it sounds good? Mm -hmm. But actually, after it's happened, it's like, whoa, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so walk me through a day in your work life. A day now in that you're my work yeah. life. <laughs> it's all over the place. It okay. really is. Um, there is... I have a couple routines that I don't waver from and those are my signposts throughout the day but then after that everything's fluid so one of the things I don't waver from 
I wake up and read for uh, I wake up and read for about an hour each morning. I drink my coffee, I read. Um, I start with 15 minutes of the Bible, and then I got my Kindle, and I got about 150 different books on the Kindle, and they're all nonfiction, <laughs> and it's all about what I'm feeling that day. Sometimes I'm, uh, you know, in a um, a groove with a certain book, and I just always read that one. Right now, I'm reading Miracle Mentality by Tim Story. It's just, it's really good. It's got, it just gets you going for the day. Um, and then I've lately been trying to write for about 15 or 20 minutes after that um, because, you know, we have these thoughts and ideas and I'm, and I'm writing a book right now, actually. So uh, I'm trying to break that down into micro chunks and micro wins each morning and focus more on the process rather than the outcome. And then after that, it really just depends. I mean, my, my schedule of the week um, I might have editing. I might go out and shoot something. Uh, I might be doing a podcast. I, uh, I'm in a business group that I do every Wednesday. So, and and also sometimes I just um, take the morning and just kind of recharge because being in like being a freelancer or I guess I guess I'm not a freelancer anymore because I got an employee. <laughs> being my own boss though, um, my my days aren't nine to five. So you kind of have to ebb and flow with the day and sometimes I'm working till 10 at night and if I if I have one of those nights I don't feel compelled to get up and get right after it the next morning so I might go shoot some hoops or take a walk or whatever um I might go get breakfast with a friend like it's that that's all kind of up in the air um the other though the other thing I do every day is exercise and that just keeps my, my mind sharp it relieves stress. It gets me out of my head. Um, yeah, so reading and exercise every day is like those are the tenants that don't move. Beyond that, everything's kind of in flux. Tell me about your book. I'm not quite sure what the title is right now. The working title is called Alcohol Free. And um, basically, I quit drinking uh, 15 months ago. And it was not because I had necessarily like an alcoholic problem. It was because I wanted to live a life bigger than what I was. And I knew I had this vision of what I wanted in life. And um, I knew that it would take my full self and all of me to accomplish it. And um, alcohol was just the me shooting myself in the foot. And um, so the book is a reflection on... It's crazy, like alcohol is, we're, we're, so, we're conditioned from birth that alcohol is just a part of society, it's a part of life, it's a part of culture, it's part of human dynamics, social gatherings, friendships, everything. It permeates everything. And it's like, when you remove that from your life, you start seeing things from such a different perspective. And I'm still on the daily having realizations about how like, this little thing over here has improved because I removed alcohol from my life, you know, over a year ago. And it's, um, it's just, it's very interesting. So I've read a lot of books about how to stop drinking alcohol, but this book is more of a reflection on, um, the 
unseen costs or the trades or like the the trade that you make that you don't know you're making or the price that you're paying there's something i want to do some sort of play on words with alcohol free and the unseen and, and the price you pay in the title i'm not sure how that's going to work out but like alcohol free the price that you don't see um so anyways yeah it's just, just a reflection on that so i journal every day on it and hopefully turn it into a book here and uh, uh november 16th 2022 is the release date i'm shooting for okay yeah so we have what about a year yeah okay um so now um back to that you have an employee and um you have to be a leader now in a way what is going to be or what is your leadership style Mm. interesting question my leadership style so far and in most things in life have been by example. Like I, I want to, I don't want to say something without having done it or doing it. As a business owner though, you have to elevate from that and you have to start delegating. And so I have, I've learned to get over the fact that I don't need to be I mean, to a certain extent in the nitty gritty, like I, I still am, I still am, I'm, but I'm just kind of projecting forward once I have, you know, 10, 20 people on staff, I'm going to have to trust that they're, they're taking care of the details, um, but not be afraid to join in and, uh, and help out in the moment if necessary. Um, and also with the, with the leadership style, I'm, I'm not good at, withholding information um there's some things that just aren't don't need to be said because it might just confuse them further or they'll start overthinking something so it's like it's not necessary for them to know this information but i never want to withhold information from a standpoint of like holding on to power and so to me i'm i'm an open book um My whole goal with running my own business is just having like alignment in life and not always having to put on different hats in different situations and different roles. I really just want to own who I am and be me. And so that that comes across when I'm dealing with customers, that comes across when I'm dealing with employees, with friends. And obviously there's some nuance to the context when you're, you know, having certain conversations with certain people, but I don't want to change who I am at the core to please somebody or, or like um, make that relationship work. And so that applies to the employees too. And so I like to give feedback. I know when I was an employee that I like just getting a, a good word of feedback from my boss or whoever meant a lot. And so, and especially as a creative, it, we're self-conscious about our work. We we spend so much time on a project and then we ship it out to somebody, send it off. And when there's no response, there's just this void that kind of starts eating at you. It's like, do they like it? Do they not like it? Did I hit the mark? Was I way off? And so with my employee, I like to give them feedback right away and be like, yeah, that was fire. Um, Try adjusting these couple things next, but I really like it. So yeah, that's that's how I lead right now, at least. So, um, what is your vision for the next year for your company? Mm, interesting. Um, 
right now I'm in a, uh, my vision is continuing to build relationships, continuing to gain experience. For the next year though, I would like to get a little bit more clarity on the types of videos that I really excel at producing, um, the types of, and that, that, you know, including podcasting. Um, I'd like to get just more dialed in on my service offerings, I should say. And then uh, probably continue to build out the team. Um, and I would like to remove myself a little bit more from all the projects, like all aspects of all projects. And that, that ties in with building out the team. Right now, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm doing everything. And I'd like to kind of focus on more of my strengths. Mm-hmm. What are some yeah. of your strengths? Yeah. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> my strengths are getting out in front of people, um, dreaming about what a project could be, problem solving on how a certain project could solve a problem that you're experiencing in your business. Um, so you could broadly define that as business development. And then, um, and then actually on the, on the back end too, I feel like my strengths are knowing if a project hits the mark or not. Um, we like, it's hard, like through that execution phase, it's sometimes hard to maintain the target. And so you, you kind of like, you get so into the project that sometimes you lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, I almost feel like if I removed myself from that middle editing part, um, I might be able to have a, like a clear higher view. Um, and then also being able to hire people for like bigger shoots. And like right now I'm, I'm basically a one man band. And so if you want to, I don't necessarily know if I want to do this or not, but, um, start hiring like gaffers, you know, for lighting and, and specific cameramen and sound men and like really doing some bigger production projects. That would be the natural progression, but who knows? Who knows? That that might that's one progression. What advice would you give um companies that need to um up their market and they need a media company? Like what should they look for? Mm. Uh, look, look for somebody that you like working with off the bat because a lot of like videos don't just happen overnight. You have to kind of plan and talk and communicate. So having uh, good chemistry is important, somebody that you can trust. And then um, overall, I would say when approaching marketing, especially in the media sense, don't be so quick to look for a return on it. Like marketing, there's there's that whole quadrant of you know urgent and not important, not important, urgent. You know, you know, I'm not quite sure how it all breaks down, but like roughly, you could say sales are important and urgent. Marketing is important but not urgent. 
And so that's why it gets uh, ignored quite a bit. Uh, when, when working with a media company, you should be in it for the long haul. Don't expect like just magic results overnight because it takes time to build a brand and it takes time to gain trust. And it's, it's like anything in life. And um, yeah, that's what I'd say. What about um, when a company wants to build a brand? How would they approach that? For brand building, you should approach it as um, figuring out what your values are, what, what you stand for. Well, like above all else, your like your company, like when somebody thinks of your company, what do they think? They don't necessarily think of the product or the service. They think of an overall feeling, how that, and it, it's something different to everybody. Like if you think about Nike, they basically want to make everyone feel like an athlete. Um, and they can do a lot of things underneath that umbrella. Um, and then also when it comes to media, like you should think about your media as standing alone. Like your media, you should at least, like the goal is that your media is so good that it, it's a product in itself. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a trendy thing to say, but like every company is now a media company because we're in a digital world. And so to stand out and to be just to keep pace really to keep pace not to stand out you got to be you got to be online and you got to be posting stuff and it has to be value add it's back to the um <clears throat> the paradigm shift of like you know old business was all about keeping secrets this new business to me it's all about giving value it's all about sharing and empowering whoever's watching your content um and then 99% of them will say thank you and go on their way. And 1% will say, they're really smart. I want to do business with them. They tell me how to do it, but I just want them to do it. Um, I heard on NPR today that the U.S. only has 200,000 apprentices in the construction infrastructure industry versus Europe having about 3 million. Mm. How do you think businesses can market to increase the workforce in our trade? Mm. From a broad standpoint, there's been a marketing wave for decades in high schools. And the forefront of that marketing is happening from school counselors because they want everyone to go to college because college was like the, that was the, um, that deemed you successful. And then that, reflected well upon them that they but the fact is and Mike Rowe is a big proponent of this and um, there's some other people out there too but college isn't is just not for everyone so why are we forcing a round peg into a square hole <laughs> you know what I mean it's just um, like God made everybody unique and different and everyone has their own strengths. And some people are really crafty and like great with building stuff and, and using their hands to um, construct and, and, you know, create infrastructure. And that message as a um, 16 year old, I don't think is like, you're not getting that directly. There's 16 year olds are not necessarily thinking about what they're going to do when they're, 24 25 they're thinking about you know the football game on friday night and so when they're 
like the closest people in their sphere are other students and then maybe teachers and counselors that are really pushing college. Um, they're influenced by that quite a bit. And that's what's created a, I think, a, a disproportionate amount of people um, in, you know, white collar land rather than blue collar land. And there's something that was like, people feel like blue collar work is, I don't know, like less admirable. I'm, I'm not quite sure. They, like there's some sort of like stigma almost. Um, and blue collar work is like a lot of them are going to be making way more money. And welders, they can make well into six figures. Plumbers, well into six figures. A lot of white collar people, white collar, you know, college grads are coming out and um, working at, you know, as baristas for 10 bucks an hour. And I'm not hating on either one. It's just, that's the facts. And so um, I think there'll be a shift. I hope there'll be a shift because there's just demand for it. And the market will always correct. It's just that it's going to be unbalanced for a while. But, uh, you know, hopefully um, this message gets, starts to infiltrate. Yeah. So how do you think businesses can um, market to them? Hmm. Uh, businesses, you know, it's got to be, um, it's got to be a, like a collaboration, almost a, a coalition of, you know, competitors coming together and standing for something bigger than all of themselves and really like, um, putting together some nonprofit initiatives to educate, like what career opportunities, and what a life would look like going into a trade or a um, some sort of, you know, um, whatever you would call it, like a hands-on type work environment. Um, so, I'd, I mean, I don't think there's any quick, easy answer, but it would be, it would be companies coming together to um, do a better job of telling success stories of, of uh, people that have gone that route and making that known that it's a very viable career and life path option. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, that's a lot. I would give myself a lot of advice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned along the last decade is just my identity and so much stems from identity um, that we uh, decisions are made without even thinking because of your core belief of what your identity is i think as a younger guy i didn't you know i didn't know who i was i i didn't have an identity or i was looking for an identity and that would that would lead me down paths and probably I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing because I didn't have a firm foundation on my identity. Mm-hmm. And so once I got, um, once I started going to church around 26, 27, I started to, for the first time, like really understand who my identity is. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're all children of God. I'm a child of God. That's my identity. It's like, okay, so if that's my identity, then what does it mean to be a child of God? And that's where you start diving in. And it's just this this rabbit hole that you start pulling the threads of your curiosity and you start learning about all this stuff about, 
you know, the human condition and humanity and what it means to, I don't know, build on a firm foundation. And uh, that, that, that takes a lot of work and it's scary and it forces you to change your ways. But at the end of the day, it, it infiltrates to the core and it creates a much um, deeper sense of peace and meaning and it, all, all the good things, you know, rather than me over here as a younger guy, I was just, I didn't know what I stood for. I didn't really have like a, uh, um, I, I would say I had values, but I didn't, I didn't like, they didn't go to the core. So. I would say find your identity, and my identity is in Christ. So that's there you go. <laughs> um, so, what advice would you give another person that wants to start their own media company? Well, I would say as far as starting your media company, and really any company, probably mm-hmm. it would just be take a you know expand your time horizon. Um, having some runway to work with is huge and so when you start from a place of desperation it that's a hard um cycle to get out of because you start working with people that you don't really like or align with on values but you need the money and then they introduce you to other people or whatever it's just like this weird cycle that um is pretty hard so for me, my, my whole focus on my first year of business was building relationships, like literally like just going out, meeting people, having conversations, never asking for business, just completely building relationships and then just learning my craft and getting better and being okay, not trying to charge market rates for things because I knew I would make mistakes. And so like... And I knew for it would be a good deal for whoever I'm working with because they like they still have an asset and like they still hit the mark, but it just wasn't maybe as pretty as I would have liked it to be. So, um, for anybody starting a business, like just broaden your time horizon, um, and it's all about baby steps, baby steps, just a little bit each day. But you got to keep that momentum going. You got to take one step each day. Um, and on top of that, I'd probably say stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to talk about that we didn't discuss? Well, as far as um, how this applies to different construction companies and, and people out there in the service industry and just building stuff, to me, it just makes so much sense to start producing content around what you're building and showing people the process of how you construct a skyscraper or what it takes to um, buy a building or in your guys' case, uh, how you go about you know painting these huge resorts and, and um, huge box stores and or whatever other construction you're doing. What I've learned is that what we think is normal because we see it every day to somebody else in a um in a that isn't living it and breathing it every day it's really interesting and that's why like behind the scenes footage of movies or behind the scenes footage of anything um inside the locker room that's why that stuff is so compelling is because it's like you're a fly on the wall and that's also a way to build trust and so for com- companies out there, like, why would I do this? It's because 
Um, well, one, you, you're just building very visual things and it makes sense to have a visual asset behind it and almost create this portfolio of all your work. It's like uh, you spend so much time and, and time is your life, time and energy on a certain project. And then once it's complete, you go on to the next one. It's like, do we want to commemorate this a little bit and just like, you know, reflect and be able to say, wow, that was great because down the road, you're going to run into problems and you're going to doubt yourself and you're going to say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But when you have a portfolio of projects that you can look back upon and say, oh, yeah, I had problems in this one. I had problems in this one. And we overcame. Um, it's just uh, it's a confidence booster and it's good to know what you've accomplished and that will help uh, set you up for success in the future and just keep growing, keep building and um yeah, that's what I would say. So I would picture it like when you when football players or any athlete watches their game again and looks at the mistakes, right? Sure, yeah, game <laughs> that's tape. That's how I envisioned it. Game tape. Yeah, game tape's right. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that like all the footage that you're saying about a company, that could help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do training. it like you could look at it like that too. I was thinking about it more like a trophy case. Okay. So it's like, you know, we're a team struggling this year. But you look at the trophy case, you'll be like, well, you know, we're, we did, we did, we had a pretty stellar run back in 2017, 18, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. It's 20, 2022 now. We're a little down. But you know what? We got the team here mm -hmm. and we have the history and we got the fundamentals. We can bounce back. Okay. Yeah, that's how I would look at it. That makes sense. <laughs> well, Danny, thank you. How can our viewers connect with you? Just connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, Danny Green. Green Media. Greenmedia.net. And uh, What's the name of your yeah. podcast? I have a podcast called The Top Brand Builders. And uh, that's on all platforms. So check that out if you, if you so please. But... That's what we got, yo. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Hira. This yeah. was awesome. Thank you for being here and um, taking the time to be outside of the behind the scenes. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.